So to those people out there, you know, if you're going through a time of like, you just, you're kind of lost, you don't know what your passion is. I would encourage you to like seek out mentors, read, listen to podcasts, like inform yourself, seek out a way. Don't just sit there and go, well, I don't know. I'm just going to punch the clock and go back to my nine to five. Like that is not the answer. Welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I'm stoked you've decided to join me on this journey to bring about a massive and positive change in the lives of others. Every week, you're going to join me behind closed doors, where I will introduce you to entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators from a variety of industries to learn how their contributions are impacting the lives of others and how they are having a game-changing impact in the world. Thanks for investing your time with me today. Now, Grace for Impact. You and I are a lot alike. We're busy and sometimes we get stuck and we need tools to help us get unstuck. And this is why I'm such a huge fan of the Unstuck app. And you can go back and listen to episode one to hear why. But today I'm even more pumped because the Unstuck team has just launched an online platform called Life Courses to help us make a change in our lives by first helping us understand what's holding us back and then helping design a personalized action plan for moving forward. I just started the first Life Course myself and it's a high impact, awesome experience, something you and I can do together. I know what you're saying, I'm too busy and still Life Courses is designed specifically for busy people like you and me, and you're worth it, I'm worth it. So head over to unstuck.com forward slash impact and sign up today. I'd love to hear back from you. Send me your stories via email at info at theimpactentrepreneur.net or the Impact Entrepreneur Show Facebook page. And of course, we will link to all of this awesomeness in the show notes. Welcome back to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Mike Flynn, and round four of the Champions Mindset series is with Rachel Balkovec. If you haven't listened to episodes one, two, or three with AJ Hawk, Juliet Starrett, or Tyler Fox, go check those out after you listen to this episode because they're extremely powerful. Rachel is an international speaker, professional baseball strength and conditioning coach, and mental skills coach. At the age of 26, she accepted the role of minor league strength and conditioning coordinator for the St. Louis Carls and became the first female strength and conditioning coach in the history of professional baseball. She has worked with some of the most successful organizations in sports, such as Louisiana State University, the Chicago White Sox, ASU, and the St. Louis Cardinals, and most recently with the Houston Astros. She is a native of Omaha, Nebraska, and is a former NCAA Division I softball catcher. Today, Rachel shares the importance of controlling actions, thoughts, and words, especially in the heat of the moment, how she works to overcome her own limiting beliefs and the expectations of others, and why she is willing to suffer for a greater purpose. This is a really powerful and insightful conversation. Bust out your pen and paper, take some notes, and brace for impact. Rachel Balkovec, welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. Very excited to have you. We've uh, we've been trying to get this down on the calendar for a while, and I'm really pumped to have you. (laughs) I am so happy to be here, and uh, I'm a little bit nervous, so... That's a good thing. And uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what to expect, but I'm pretty excited about it. Well, as we were just talking, uh, I kick off all of our conversations with the same question, which is, if you could pick a superpower, what would it be and how would you use it? My superpower would be being able to speak from the heart and speak to people's hearts. And so that sounds a little corny. So what I really mean is, the no filter superpower, <laughs> which I actually have a pretty good, I think I'm pretty close to that superpower. Like I, I just naturally don't have a filter, which hurts me and helps me at times. But I'm just realizing like even today, speaking to some of the athletes, you're talking to them and it's like, I'm talking to a shell of them or I'm talking to someone that they're trying to be and not who they really are. 
And then also just from my own perspective of like, you know, I think it's Tim Ferriss that says the uh, person's success can be measured in the amount of tough conversations that you're willing to have. And I'm pretty good at having those, but at times I even feel myself, you know, not saying what I really mean. And so I wonder just how fast we would get to where we're going if we could actually just say what we mean instead of taking days, months, years, decades to say it. And that goes for job, career, relationship, you know, even in school, like just how you're communicating with people. So basically the superpower of communicating authentically. You know, I love that. And I'm really big into the meaning of words. And there's a great book. I'll toss it out right now since we're talking about words. It's called Aspire, Determining Your Life's Path Through the Power of Words. And what you just talked about, being able to speak to someone's heart and speaking from the heart, it the root, you're basically talking about courage and encourage. So the word, the root word courage is Latin, it's core. And that means heart. And so when when you are encouraging someone, you are adding to their heart. How about that? Oh my gosh, that's so great. I'm gonna steal that. That's a tweet. <laughs> and then the <laughs> the uh the opposite of that, if you think about it, that's even more like ominous and like you gotta be mindful of is that if you discourage someone, you're taking from their heart. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about how to apply that superpower of being able to speak from the heart and speaking to the heart as an entrepreneur. Because not only are you an amazing coach and champion and athlete, but you are an entrepreneur yourself. So let's talk about how you would apply that, the essence of that superpower. This is like something I really hold near and dear to my heart. And it's really tough you know, at times it can be tough if you allow it to be to stay true to yourself when you're trying to create a a brand. And I think, you know, especially, and I'll just speak like from my own personal experiences, I'm posting things and basically my entire business is online and that's how I function. And then people hire me to do public speaking engagements through my online, you know, forums. And it's like, you put things out and you're like, oh my gosh, what if this person thinks this? What if this person thinks this? What if the... And really, the only thing I always go back to before I post anything online, a blog post, uh, Instagram, whatever it is, video, it's like, wait, am I being myself? Okay, that's it. (laughs) That's it. That's all I need to ask. Because the thing is, is if someone doesn't follow me or doesn't want to hire me to speak or doesn't, you know, doesn't like me, whatever, it's like, that's fine. Not everyone's going to like me. Not everyone's going to be my lifelong customer. Not everyone likes what I have to say. I'm pretty like to the point and <laughs> no, you know, no, uh, no filtering, as I said. And so some people don't like that. Some people prefer someone who's going to be a little more, you know, feely and, and happy feelings and all this stuff. And so if they don't like me and I'm being authentic, then that's totally fine. They can go and be somebody else's life customer and hire them to speak because I don't want to, to speak to them then. And that's not, it's not a, Oh, negative thing. It's just like, are we a fit? Are we a, a match for each other? Um, and if we're not, that's fine. So all I have to do is go back to like, am I being myself? And from like, I'm just getting started my entrepreneurial journey with starting a public speaking business. But that's something I've had to really, really like stay in check with. And I also know that you know my my athletes are looking at what I'm posting, and my coworkers are looking at what I'm posting at times. And so I, you know, I definitely get nervous or sub, you know self-conscious about it and just that I always go back to that's the only question I have to ask am I being authentic am I communicating authentically if I am I representing my my true self and that's as as close as I can be to you know being a good entrepreneur a good business person because at the end of the day it's just like anything else they don't like it they don't like it yeah, I mean, authenticity is the new black, as they say. I love and, it. I've never done it. And uh, you know, it goes. It comes back to ego. There's this great book, another book, a recommendation called "Ego Is the Enemy" by a guy named Ryan Holiday. Oh, I've heard that like ten times right now. So yeah, no, it's 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 a great book. You know, it, it's it's all about being comfortable with who you are, with your flaws, with your imperfections with your skills, your uh, talents and passions. And it's not necessarily not caring about what other people think, because it's important that you 
that you care about how you're perceived by others, but it's it's not it's not to be so important that it it causes you to make one decision over another. Uh-huh. So you are a coach, specifically the first female strength and conditioning coach in the major league baseball system, which is amazing. And you've no doubt had your own coaches that have that have helped you along the way. It's, we, there's that common saying, standing on the shoulders of giants. So when when we you hear the word mentor, who comes to mind that as having impacted you the most and how have they, did he or she uh, shape your outlook? So important, the idea of mentorship and something that I try to do daily, you know, obviously as a coach, but also for young strength coaches that reach out to me, young women that reach out to me. I would have just, I have so many mentors, first of all. So too many to list, I think. But I think someone who's really impacted me, like from a career standpoint, also from a personal standpoint would be Chris Frankel, the director of human performance for TRX or Fitness Anywhere. Um, He lives in San Francisco, but he was a professor of mine um, at the University of New Mexico. And I ended up doing really well in his class and just, you know, really enjoyed his teaching. And he, long story short, offered me to to teach me how to train and also how to train others, kind of like to mentor me in my own coaching career, which at the time was nothing, like literally had no experience. I had only been a college athlete and he offered for me to stay with him and his family. And so it kind of became like a host family situation. So I got to know him personally as well. And just talk about being, um, having a beginner's mind, being a well-rounded coach, being someone who's approachable, knowing how to talk to people, knowing how to, um, teach people in a way where they're going to, you know, not only learn it, but understand it, you know, truly teach the ins and the outs of the why. Uh, gosh, and just talk about someone you just feel stupid around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's like every time I talk to him, I'm like, oh, I'm so dumb still. So he has really taught me a lot about just overall life. Like he's an adventurer, someone who I admire from a family standpoint, from a career standpoint, from uh, just how you how you live your life and what's important. He is definitely one of my strongest mentors for sure. That is a, a powerful uh, story. And there's a bunch of themes that just cross over probably with with all of your mentors. And it's it's no doubt helped you in your own coaching career, as you said, especially as you're kind of developing the, the next generation of Major League Baseball players. I'd like to just touch on that a little bit further because it's quite an accomplishment to become the first female strength and conditioning coach in the, in the major league baseball. And I say that, and in my mind, as I'm saying that I I recognize that it shouldn't be necessarily quite an accomplishment. It shouldn't be a shock or a surprise that a woman could be the strength and conditioning coach of the major league base of a major league baseball team. So I'd love for you to kind of tell the story about how you got there and what some of the preconceived notions and ideas were that you had to overcome and kind of crush and kick out of the room. I always like, you know, on every interview or anything that I do or talk I give, it's like, my story is so long and agonizing that I, I try to condense it. And so I'm going to do my best. Okay. I'm going to just skip over all the details. So here's what you need to know. It was basically um, for the time that I, I guess graduated my undergraduate degree, which I was 22 at the time. Um, it was like a five-year process in which I moved no less than nine times to pursue my goal. And that was, I moved to nine different cities, two different countries. I literally moved with things in my car. I've never owned anything really. I've never owned anything uh, expensive or important. I still don't. And I'm literally about to pack up my car again and move again in the next week or so. It was a long, long string of unpaid internships, being broke, thinking I was really broke and then being even more broke than that, um, going back and forth between jobs, uh, just absolute and utter uh, resilience, I guess. Um, and I will jump to the point when I was hired by the Cardinals in 2012 as an intern. So um, 
if you want to know more details, you can probably just read it online. So I'll skip over the the 20 minute long story. But I was hired by the St. Louis Cardinals as an intern and skipping to like your second portion of the question, which was overcoming some of the like preconceived notions. I, I do think it's important to let everyone know that first of all, I was discriminated against blatantly for a while. Even after I had worked for the Cardinals as an intern, I was I was turned down for many jobs. And I don't mean like three, I mean like 11, 12. And those are just the ones I know about that I was turned down for because of my gender. So I was discriminated against, yes. Was I bitter? Yes. Am I bitter? No. I just realized that, you know, it wasn't ever me. It was just baseball being ready for it and them thinking that the players couldn't handle it. And that's probably the most important thing I want to touch on is the preconceived notions you talked about. Going into my internship with the Cardinals, they had hired me and I'll never forget, and I can only talk about this because we're like friends now and and I consider him one of my mentors, but there was a, a staff member for the Cardinals who I will not name or tell you the position, but a pretty high up position for the Cardinals. I got there and it was the first day on the job and I was like kind of getting introduced to the staff and this higher ranking person in the Cardinals organization Basically, in the meeting, when I was getting introduced, I introduced myself as a, hey, I'm Rachel, you know, sat down and he goes, hey, guys, we got to talk about this. Okay. You know, this is, this is a new thing. We can't have cussing in the weight room. Watch what you say around her. Don't say anything offensive. You could get fired. You got to watch your back. She's like the most powerful person in this room right now. And I'm just sitting there in this meeting thinking, Oh my God, like what is going on? I can't, like these are the conversations you have when I'm not in the room, not when I'm here. Like what? I'm just, I'm looking around, I'm just getting beat red, embarrassed. And I'm just like, oh my God, like is this really what people think? That I'm just gonna come in here and, and just wait for someone to say something wrong so I can get them fired? And and this is like again to my face. And I'm just so mad and so embarrassed. And finally another staff member kind of cut him off after like 10, 15 minutes of rambling. And just said, hey, look, look, like you're embarrassing her. Just like, let's move on. So so long story short, basically, he was all concerned and and then voiced more concerns to me and voiced concerns to the players and told them not to cuss in front of me and all these things. And so th- that right there is like, if you want to know the preconceived notions, that's what it is. And then also just having the players being able to handle themselves around me and you know, being appropriate, you know, the biggest question I always get, so I'll just answer it is, do the players hit on you? And the answer is no. The answer is no. How did I overcome those? Well, actions speak louder than words, my friends. So you just show up and do your job. And it's like anything else. I I like to say like, you can tell in the first, or you should, if you've been coaching long enough, or you've been around human beings long enough, you should be able to tell in the first five minutes of knowing them, whether or not they're going to work hard, whether or not they're going to take care of business, whether or not they're going to be a leader, those kinds of things, you know pretty quickly about a person, what kind of person they're going to be. I mean, you might get some people here and there where you judge them incorrectly. But to me, I really think you can tell by the the way an athlete walks in the room and usually what time they walk in the room, if it's five minutes before, if it's five minutes after, you know, you can tell those things. And so it's the same thing with a coach. If I walk into the room and I'm about business, and I've got something important to say, and I and I handle myself in a certain way, and I demand respect. They're not going to say anything to me. Hmm. And if you ask them, they'll probably be like, "No, I'm not going to hit on Rachel because she'll punch me in the throat." <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's just. I think it's pretty clear right away when I walk in that you know I'm there. I'm there to be their coach. I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about teaching. I can't. I can't go five minutes without teaching a player something, whether that's. Hey, you know, when you're conditioning, let's finish all the way through, through the cone. Let's be a leader. When you're on the bus, how to handle yourself. When you're, it doesn't just mean about squatting. That's, that's the least of my concerns. I'm always teaching them something, dressing professionally, acting professionally. You know, they'll, they'll tell you too. They'll call me, they call me Miss Rachel sometimes. Like they'll call me like <laughs> teacher, you know? So I think that those are the preconceived notions and that's how I handle it. And uh, as for my story, I don't know. I'm sorry I skimmed over it, but uh, it's quite lengthy and it involves many different moves that... No, I love it. You know, I think it's incredibly powerful. And that's one of the reasons why I think that you're embarking on this entrepreneurial path as well for the public speaking, because 
it, it reminds me of another word, okay, that, that I have a love-hate relationship with, okay? And that word is passion, okay? You hear people talking about, follow your passion. But, you know, people don't understand what the word passion means. Oh, yeah. You know what the word passion actually means? No, tell me. <laughs> Being willing to suffer. Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. And so when you just share the little bits of your story, I mean, you're willing to suffer for that long-term outcome. And, you know, I had an interview with Jocko Willink. Oh, yes. And uh, he talked about the will, to, the will to win, okay? And the will to win requires a, a deep-seated desire for a long-term end state, according to Jocko. And it's the same thing with with passion. If you understand the word passion and you have the skill set and you see the opportunity, you're going to be willing to suffer. You're going to be willing to live in your car or uh, be a little bit broker than you might have envisioned yourself. You know, it's a, it's really powerful when you think about it in that way. Plus, if somebody hit on you in the gym, you have the ultimate comeback, which is, do you even lift, bro? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I do have to come back. I, yeah. And it's sad to say I can still outlift some of my players. <laughs> I think that's so important that you said that. And I was just reading um, the book Grit this morning. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, by Angela, is it Duckworth? Yes, Duckworth. Say, yeah. yeah. Have you read it yet? I have not read it. It's on my it's on my list. It, it's, you know, it's just it's along the lines of growth mindset. It's along the lines of the book Peak, if you've ever heard that one. But she talks about, and I, I've had so many people along the, my journey say, you're doing what? You know, like to what, I, just fill in the blank. Hey, I'm going to go work for, you know, things that aren't related to strength and conditioning. Hey, I'm going to go work for Maruchi Bats. Oh, why are you doing that? Hey, I'm going to go to the Dominican. I'm going to work in the front office for a winter ball team. And I'm going to hang out with the mascot during the game and ask people if they want to take a picture with the mascot during the game. <laughs> You're doing what? <laughs> After I had a master's degree, mind you. Hey, you know, I know I'm getting contacted by major SEC schools and Pac-12 schools to be a college strength coach, but I'm just going to hang out and I'm going to be a waitress. I'm going to work at Lululemon and I'm going to go back and intern for free again at Arizona State University for the second time. You're doing what? You know, so I think that Angela Duckworth, she touches on this. And today I was reading it and I was going, yes, you get me. Because she says, she talks about the hierarchy of goals. So you have this one big goal that you want to do. And then you have all these little tertiary goals, basically, that you're, that you're doing in order to get there. And so where, why my, my path was totally zigzagged. But all the while in my mind, I knew whatever I was doing was getting me closer. Mm. And even if it was an inch closer, I was willing to do it. I would freaking crawl and scratch my way to get to where I wanted to go. And I would say no to things that seemed to the outside person that seemed like no brainers. Like, why wouldn't you just do that? But I knew it wasn't getting me closer to my goal. So I would, I would rather go and work for free or work for, you know, $25 a day for the White Sox during an internship and drive 45 minutes one way to get there than take a full-time position just to say that I could have a salary and benefits. This is the perfect segue into the word association question because... It's it, it ties right in with what you're saying. So with your gut instinct, which word do you identify more with, accomplisher or doer? Doer. I love it because I mean it's just exactly what you were what you were talking about, getting it done and taking those small incremental steps toward achieving those goals along the way. It's powerful. Yeah, because success or accomplishment or achievement, those are words that are hard to define because it's like because. I had this, when I first was hired by the Cardinals full-time and actually like technically made history and all that stuff, like I was like, yes, I've made it. And then I was like, why do I feel like I'm not satisfied? You know, kind of like, oh, what's, what's next? Like done, next, done, next, done, next. There's really no end. There's really just no end, period. There is, there's no end. Well, it comes down to fulfillment. You know, there's, there's one, and Tony Robbins talks about the difference between success and fulfillment. Yep. That is that's the ultimate goal is to feel is to feel fulfilled in what you're doing because when you 
when you have a sense of fulfillment, no matter how the quote-unquote high level of success it might be, you've actually achieved the purest level of success when you're feeling completely fulfilled in what you're doing. Absolutely. And that that's like, for me, that's completely related to doing public empowerment, as I like to call it. I, I don't like call it public speaking, public empowerment, because I do love my job and I, and I'm empowering the athletes and, you know, I'm, I'm fulfilled by that. But right now there's really nothing that fulfills me more than getting up in front of a group of young women and, and empowering them. And then hearing, you know, then hearing them say, I needed to hear that, or that's exactly the message I needed. And I feel inspired and I want to go do something greater. And I want to go like, that is like, I just get high off of that feeling. Totally. And so, totally. While I'm not very successful in my in my entrepreneurial journey right now, as, as you could, you know, as as people typically measure success, I'm just getting started and I'm getting the word out and I'm starting this this business. I'm not very quote unquote successful, but I'm already just totally fulfilled every time I do it. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the impact entrepreneur told you to call. You know, the, the, the objective of this series that I'm doing is all about the champion's mindset and how champions get themselves set up for winning, but also for losing and coming back. So yes, when you hear that phrase, champion's mindset, what comes to mind? How many times can you fail or be denied or be shut down and still follow your dream? How many times can you stand to fail and still continue down your path? That's the champion's mindset. Because, because any Joe Schmo out there, I talk to the players about this all the time. Any Joe Schmo out there can go out on a day when the weather's nice and there's no crowd and there's no pressure and you're winning by 10 and throw a strike. But how many people can do it when you're getting your ass kicked and it's raining and the crowd's jeering you and your girlfriend hates you and everything's going, how many people can do it then? And that's the true measure of a champion, I think. Hmm. Do you have a story of any of the athletes you've coached where you've really seen that in them? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just recently I can think of the first person that came to mind. Again, I won't mention names, but there's a very, very young pitcher in our system. And, uh, he's just, a he's a fighter, you know, and I've, I've had to work with him on it. And then like, we talk maybe daily, daily on this subject and it's in everything. It's in the last set or the last rep of a bench press, but it's also in leadership during conditioning. We're running in conditioning. They run in groups usually. And it's like, you're going to be the leader. This is your group. You tell them when to go. Here's the stopwatch. You're running this conditioning. You're the leader, like those kinds of things. And uh, early in the season, he would, he would basically start to struggle in in an outing and break down and freak out and let his emotions take over. And not only let his emotions take over during the game, but then for like the next two days, he would let his his performance suffer in the weight room, his performance suffer in conditioning, his performance suffer in practice. And we kind of came up with this like saying, and now he'll say it to me, which is even funnier. <laughs> Talk about mentorship and how you learn from your athletes. But we just came up with a saying, it's just like, how much time? How much time are you going to let that failure affect you? Hmm. And so in baseball terms, we'd say like, are you going to, you know, are you going to let it affect you on the next pitch? If you throw a, a ball in the dirt as a pitcher, are you going to let that affect your next pitch? Are you going to let it affect the next three pitches? Are you going to let it affect the next batter? Are you going to let it affect the next inning, the next game, then your whole season? Like how long can a, does a failure affect you mentally? And really, you could probably measure your success 
and how fast you can turn around failure into a learning process. And so if, you, if you're going through a failure, if you can learn in that moment and turn that knowledge into, into helping you be successful on the next moment, then you are going to be the most successful person there is. But if you let that failure affect you for a long amount of time, you're screwed. You might as well just quit because if you're carrying that with you, you are not learning when you're carrying that with you. So we always say to each other, how much time? I'm like, hey, how much time? If he comes, if he comes into the weight room, he's in a bad mood because he pitched bad the next day. I'm like, hey, how much time? And he'll look at me and smile now. But then even today, it was kind of funny. I was like in a bad mood because <laughs> I had had like a tough time in the weight room with some of the kids. And I walked out and he goes, he could already see how he goes, hey, Rachel, what's going on? And I was like, I was like, hey, some of your teammates are pissing me off. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, how much time? And I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, he got me. He got me. So, but with him, I mean, I, I won't, I won't mention a name, but yeah, definitely someone who I think is just, uh, he's turned himself into a nice, uh, having a champion's mindset of just constantly learning. Like there's no failure in it. There's just learning, 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 learning. And, and any failure, failure that you have is just momentary, really. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's amazing how powerful and simple that idea is of, of asking yourself how much time, because whether, whether you fail in the gym, whether you fail on a project at work, whether your, your, your product that you're launching fails or succeeds, you know, it's, it's how much time are you going to allow yourself to kind of sulk and, and, and what's that going to accomplish on the same, on the flip side, how much time are you going to allow yourself to relish in the success, it's easier to relish in the success and become complacent. And complacency is also like another equally as dangerous as yes, as just letting yourself wallow in misery. Which actually, perfectly say it's like you're reading my mind, like 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 you're reading my question sheet here, Rachel. <laughs> because there's a ton of variables to account for as competitors, as, as entrepreneurs, as coaches. And you started a conversation about this on Instagram. <laughs> and, and I'm going to read the quote that you, you put down. You said, you really don't know yourself or your team until you are under pressure. The ultimate feat is to not only be able to control your actions, but your thoughts and words, and even more so when the situation evokes high levels of emotion. So with that quote in mind, you know, how do you begin to approach as a coach, as a competitor, managing all of the different variables that you have? Let's use baseball for an example. You've got in that picture, you know, he's, he's on the mound. It's, you know, the, the fourth inning, there's a hundred, there's a hundred thousand people you know, screaming in the, in the stadium, uh, you know, he's in a jam and, you know, how, how do you as a coach begin to help him prepare at the beginning in the weight room to accomplish his mission out there on the mound, which is to strike out that next picture and, uh, and get them out of the inning. Well, first of all, just so we're clear, <laughs> the, the kids that I'm working with, and I call them kid. I mean, it's funny. I call them kids, but the kids. Well, I know, are, I know, I know. You're 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 coaching uh, in the development, yes. developmental league, yeah. So, which I, is I like, that. which is even more applicable because it starts now. It's so. It's like we have to teach them now. Otherwise, when they get to the big leagues, they have no shot. So we're. I'm just you know like the the forty thousand fans. Like there's there's like one fan and it's someone's girlfriend <laughs> in the stands. <laughs> so which is funny, but um, well, how do we do? How do I prepare them for that? Like we, I always say in, um, I'll say it in Spanish just to be accurate. Si te lo puedo controlar tu mente ahora, donde tu puede. So I say, when you, if you can't control your mind here, when can you? Because here there's no distractions. Well, you know, relatively no distractions, no 40,000 fans, no, you know, like there's no pressure. They're, they're in this low level of the minor league system, which no, probably People don't even literally know that it exists, let alone want to come to watch the games, which is also funny because there's some, there's definitely some future major leaguers in there. But it's like, if you can't control it now, when can you control it? If you can't control it in the weight room, 
When can you control it? The weight room is no pressure. If you, the weight room is simple to me. You put in the effort, you're going to see results. Now in baseball, that's not always true. You put in effort, like, of course it's true on a, on a macro level, but sometimes you throw a great pitch and someone closes their eyes and they swing and they accidentally hit it. Like it happens really. Yeah. So it's, it's wait, the weight room to me is, is an even playing field where pitchers can be measured against position players and shortstops can be measured against left fielders. And if you put in the effort and show up and put in the time, you're going to get better at it. And so we always talk about if you cannot control your mind in this situation, when can you control it? And that's how I attack that. Like you can't, you cannot step into a stadium with 40,000 or more people in it screaming out of nowhere and just be prepared for it. You have to learn how to control your emotions and your words and your thoughts. Maybe the most important thing, your thoughts when you're young and there's no pressure. And so, so as the pressure builds, because as you go up in levels, there's more fans, there's more distractions, there's a little more money. There's just, the stakes are higher. The pressure's on. You can't just like jump into that and be like, oh, I better start thinking about this stuff. It might be important. No, you start it now. I think that's really, really powerful. And it, it reminds me of the, this concept of flow, you know, as, as an athlete or as an entrepreneur or whatever it might be. Where you, where you're able to perform at this super high level because uh, you you have no friction because you've trained your mind to step into this arena and perform optimally all the time. And when you get to those big leagues, it's because you've done the hard work in advance, where you're able to take this decision process. And go through it really fast because you have all of these micro decisions already made in terms of how you're going to approach the mound and how you're going to deal with the fans. Yeah, it's habit. It's a habit so deeply ingrained that you cannot escape it. Yeah. And and the other thing that really struck me about what you said, too, is these kids are being taught humility, which is going to be incredibly important as they progress into you know the the big league so to speak some of whom will encounter great deals of success some of who might be moved up and moved down and moved up and moved down uh-huh. and and they have to be well prepared and it's the coaching that you're doing right now with them in the weight room and mechanics and all of this other stuff that's equipping them to develop that champion's mindset so they can handle success and also handle adversity yeah and it's a it's a real it's a minute to minute second to second decision that you have to make and it's i always tell them too it's like some people in professional baseball or just in general in athletics may not they might do a relaxed stretch and i vehemently opposed to that like the second they step on the field for stretch i'm preaching to them focus on your form what are you thinking about right now are you getting ready for the day your day starts now in fact your day started when you woke up you know, in fact, your day started last night when you decided to go to sleep at 3 a.m. with a few drinks, with a few drinks under your belt. You know, so it's like the people who you see people that are extremely successful in, in baseball and in every single arena and you go, wow, you know, you, you marvel at their success. But what you don't see is all of the, the moments that they obsessed and not just when they were actually doing their craft, but before like every, you know, the years and years and years before they became successful and the, and the minutes when you're not at the field is what counts really because everyone's showing up to the field because they have to. So how are you taking some of these top lessons like obsessing, so to speak, and pre- preparation and all of these things and applying them in your own entrepreneurial path? It's like you've been in this lab for you know, years, and now you're able to take a lot of this stuff and apply it on a even more scalable system. I'm literally crazy. That's how I do it. <laughs> if you want to know, like, I'm so crazy. I think I've gotten crazier as the years have gone on too. Cause I just realized, you know, I like, I used to look back and, and kind of say, well, it's just, you know, I, I didn't do anything different than anybody else, but that's not true. Cause now I'm like, now I'm in a seat where I'm able to like hire people and look at people who are coming up you know, on the same path, so to speak, that I was. And people just aren't crazy enough. And that's like as simple as, you, as I can put it. And so I guess like the, how do I apply that to my own path? I wake up in the morning, 
4.30 a.m. Sometimes I press the snooze button one time. Sometimes I don't. It just depends on how disciplined I am that day. I immediately turn on a podcast or a book and I'm learning immediately. And so basically from 4.30 a.m. until like about 5.45 to 6 a.m. is when I see the next person. Um, so I get, I get to the park around 4.45, 5 o'clock every day. I unlock the gate, roll the gate back, unlock the doors, go in. Next person I see is like an hour and a half later. And so by that time, hour and a half, I've already gotten an hour and a half of learning in that somebody else did not. Mm. So first of all, I wake up early and not everyone has to do that. But if you want to stay up late, whatever. But my thing is early. And I like I already have an extra hour on my day to be productive. So I go and I get my I, I go, you know, to go to work, whatever, fill up the water bottles or do whatever, like mindless work I have to do to get ready for the day at the park. And I'm already learning. And so that's one thing. Um, I've completely eliminated TV out of my life. Besides, I will be honest, one TV show that just came on TV. And when I'd say what it is, you'll know why. It's called Pitch. It's about the first. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, if you're listening out there and you want to know what my life is like, watch that show because it's creepy how similar it is. <laughs> uh, they did a good job. I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if like, the acting is good because I don't, I just don't know. But uh, the storyline is legit. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, I watched that show. But seriously, TV is like not a part of my life. Uh, even music really is like only a part of my life because I have to be a strength coach in the weight room and I have to play music because otherwise people would get mad at me if I played Jocko Willick podcasts on <laughs> <laughs> over the radio. So, uh, but yeah, I don't like if I'm listening, if I have time to listen, um, or watch something. I'm I'm like watching a documentary, if if anything. But I'm definitely listening to podcasts and books. And that's I listen to Shalene Johnson podcast. It's an entrepreneurial podcast. I listen to um, Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income. I mean, I listen to business podcasts along with strength and conditioning, along with leadership, those kinds of things. But I've just been like devouring information to make myself better. And, and the Impact Entrepreneur Show, right? And the Impact Entrepreneur Show, obviously. <laughs> shameless plug. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being shameless. <laughs> <laughs> so how do I apply that to my own life? I mean, literally, I'm just like, I'm not perfect. I think that probably if you listen to some podcasts I've done, um, I, I sound really crazy, and I am. But like, I... I have my weak moments and I allow myself those weak moments and I do take time off at times because I have to, but I would say that I take less time off than other people. And even my time off is like, I love to play volleyball. And so like I play volleyball, but also I'm, I'm literally like playing volleyball with the intention of trying to play professionally. So like nothing I do in life is ever wasted. I don't think it's never just like mindless TV watching or um, going to going to a bar just to sit there for six hours. Like I did do that at, at times in my life. Um, but now I just realize how much time I'm wasting. Yeah. I mean, time is the only resource that's not renewable time. Oh my gosh. It is just incredible. And it's, it just slips away. And you know, if you, you know, you, you're, you have death by scrolling on Facebook and next thing you know, you've, you've missed an hour and a half that you can never get back. Yes. And think about what you could have done in an hour and a half. You could have written a thousand words. You know, you could have, Ugh. you know, told a story. You could have begun to create a product or a service or, you know, perfected some form of your craft. I also get up relatively early. I get up at five. And that part of the day is is the most important part of my day because it sets sets the tone for the rest of the day. Yep. You know, there are a lot of men and women listening right now who want to be champions. They they want to do their best, perform at an optimal level. Maybe they've been there once before, and now they're stuck in a rut, a slump. How would you coach their comeback? What would Jocko say here? He would say, get over it. <laughs> no, he, yeah. would say, he would say, you're having a hard time? Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess like... But you know what Rachel would say? I know, I know what you, I know what Rachel would say. What do you think say. I would say? How long? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I was, I was going to say how much time, like basically it's the same answer to everything yeah. you already heard me say is like, you know, and I have those times too. Like I, I have times where I just 
I zone out or I allow myself like, and I think that's important. Like sometimes you have to like feed the monkey, right? Like we're all human beings. And so like, do you think I'm just spending literally like, oh, I'm not, I'm just not going to sleep tonight. I'm just going to read all night. Like, no, you know, I have to sleep and I do allow myself to eat bad food sometimes. And, but I always know, I always know if I'm wasting time, I like almost always now I'm like, damn, that was an hour of my day. Like, I, I know it. Like, it's it's like paining me. You know, if I eat bad food, I'm like, damn, I'm gonna have to work extra hard in the gym right now or I'm gonna have to really clean up my diet to make up for what I just did. Like, you you always pay the price. So to those people out there, you know, if you're going through a time of like, you just, you're kind of lost, you don't know what your passion is, I would encourage you to like, seek out mentors, read, listen to podcasts, like, inform yourself, seek out a way. Don't just sit there and go, well, I don't know. I'm just going to punch the clock and go back to my nine to five. Like that is not the answer because there's something great out there for you. So that's one thing. But also like, just know if if you're just, if you're just saying, well, I kind of, I kind of fell off the track and I I haven't been going to the gym. That's fine, but you're going to pay the price. And it's just going to take you that much longer to get to your goal. If you ever reach your goal. So my advice to you is get off the couch and like kind of like get over it. I mean, I, I, I hate to say that I don't have sympathy or empathy for people out there, but I mean, I, I have those times of like low motivation. And again, I will say the champion's mindset is it's easy. Like, like I don't know who I was listening to the other day, and I, so I don't know who to credit, but if you had to choose discipline or motivation, what would you choose? Jeez, that's a good question. I would choose motivations my gut my gut instinct really yeah for me for me see if you were to ask me what how i associate with the accomplisher versus doer i would do accomplisher because i have like i look at the vision the big the the vision at the end of the day and that motivates me yeah and then i would kind of reverse engineer into it but to be really honest discipline is something that i struggle with you know i i it's one of the reasons why I believe so strongly in coaching because I need other people to help me be accountable. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a weakness. It's a weakness in my, of mine that I'm, that I am developing. And I totally have subscribed to the whole concept that Jocko talks about, which is discipline is freedom. Yes. Yes. But, but what were you going to say? I mean, I, I, I shocked you with my answer. No, well, but what you said is right. And like, that's why I said, if you are struggling with it, like seek out mentors, get your tribe so strong. So you have support of people going, you know, Hey, let's go, let's go. Because everyone needs that. Everyone, everyone. I do. I mean, I need it. But the thing is, is when there's an absence of those people, when there's an absence of motivation, when it's early, when it's cold out, when you don't want to do it, discipline kicks in. Discipline wins out. Because if you've created that discipline, it doesn't matter if there's motivation there or if it's a sunny day out and you just are in a good mood. No, you, you, the champion's mindset, like I said, is like, can you do it when it's hard? Not can you do it when it's easy? Can you do it when failure is staring you in the face and you're not motivated and you know you got to get that done, but you can't find the motivation, you know, do it. Now, there are times when I understand the concept of, you know, do things when the flow is, the you know, you're in the flow state. Like, so when you feel inspired to do something, do it. And when you don't, don't. I get that. But there's also real deadlines and real things that have to get done. And so, <laughs> like, do you, are you disciplined enough to do those things when you're not motivated? Because they still have to get done. Some things maybe don't, there isn't a timeline, even though there always is. There always is a timeline. But some things they don't have to get done. I mean, you're not going to get fired if you don't do it type of thing. But are you disciplined enough to get done? So in the absence of motivation, when your girlfriend's mad at you and it's cold outside and it's early and all these things, that's when discipline has to kick in. And if you don't have the discipline, then you're screwed. Yeah, how bad do you want it? Exactly. And Sugar Ray Leonard uh, was interviewed recently in a podcast, and he said, somebody asked him, did you always know whether you were going to win a fight? He said that he knew he was going to win or lose a fight if he looked in the mirror that day and saw Sugar Ray or if he saw Ray Leonard. <laughs> um, and, and regardless of who he saw, he still had to step in the ring and fight the fight. 
which is a powerful lesson. I mean, like you could carry that so far. I wanted to say that I really appreciate you for what you're doing and what you're accomplishing and what you're building. I'm very excited to to watch you grow and to share your story with my audience and and see where your passion, your willingness to suffer, your willing to willingness to grind it out takes you because I I see huge things ahead for you and for the people that you're coaching, because I think there's a lack of a willingness to teach grit these days because things come so easy to people. Thank you. So I, w- I want to appreciate you and acknowledge you. If there's one thing that you would have people remember from our conversation today, what would it be? I would say the failure thing is just has become something really important to me. And I think that it's important to note, like for all the, you know, perceived success that I've had, I guess, which is just perceived success, but I've had so many failures in so many different ways and so many different realms, you know, all the time I failed. I failed this year majorly in in some areas. And I think that the takeaway is the, the more, um, the more you can welcome an experience of failure and understand the failure in the moment, the more successful you're going to be. I think that's the biggest takeaway I would want people to have. Wisdom. Thank you so much. If people want to connect with you and interact with you, what would be the best way for for me to put them in touch with you? I am pretty much everywhere, but uh, my website is www.rachelbalkovec.com. And uh, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, and I'm on Facebook for the most part. And so... You can find me in all of those places. Awesome. Well, Rachel, thank you for joining us on the Impact Entrepreneur Show, specifically in the Champions Mindset Series. It's been a fun time. Absolutely. Rachel, 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 what can I say besides the fact that you are a champion and so humble and we can all learn from you on how to be fully present, overcome any setback, and make sacrifices in the pursuit of our true purpose, that which we are willing to suffer for. And you, my friends, if you miss any of the key points, we've got you covered. Visit theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash 36 for all the key points and highlights of our conversation. And while you're there, of course, support our sponsors, the Lawton Marketing Group and Unstuck Life Courses. And we are truly blessed to have them and appreciate their support of the show. Now join the Facebook group, go to Facebook, type in Impact Insiders, join the community and share your ideas and talents and how you are executing some of these concepts on how you can develop your champion's mindset. Great stuff happening there. Thank you, Cody and the Podcast Masters team for helping me produce a quality show. And until next time, go make an impact.